to understand this next mimer of Samach Vav, Kiyadaitiv, the mimer of Parshas Vayera, which is one of the more abstract mamarm of Samach Vav, not only because of the seemingly unclear place of what it's doing in the series of Samach Vav, but also the subject matter that the Rebbe Shab is discussing in this mimer, the subject matter being Atik and Arich, the two levels of Keser, which that itself is a very deep idea. It's a very abstract concept itself. And the way the Rebbe Hashab says it in this mimer, the Rebbe Hashab is really giving over the Hasidic explanation of, At- of the Kabbalistic concept of Atik and Arich. And for whatever reason, the Rebbe Hashab doesn't explain in this particular mimer, he doesn't go at length to explain what it, is, what it is he's doing here in this mimer, but again, the Rebbe Shab is the Rambam of Hasidus. That's what the Hasidim would always call. The Rebbe Shab was the Rambam of Hasidus, meaning that just like the Rambam codified Judaism, the Rambam was the first one, one that anthologized that codified Judaism, whether it was the philosophy of Judaism, the guy the perplexed, or a Mishnah Torah, the Halacha, etc., the Ramam, or the 13 principles of faith, the Ramam was the first one that said what Jewish dogma is. He codified what Judaism is. So the Rebbe Rashab did the same thing with Hasidus. The Rebbe Rashab's father, the Rebbe Marash, was the first one that began the Indian of a Hemshech, of a series of Mamor, not just a one time saying an idea teaching a discourse, but rather saying it as a series of ideas. The Rebbe Marash began that, but his son, the Rebbe Rashab, perfected it, and through that, really codifies the philosophy of Hasidus. Now, just like the Rambam, when you learn Rambam, not every time when the Rambam is discussing a particular thing does he elaborate. The sages already say in the Gemara, that Torah is rich in one place and seems to be more poor, scarce in another, meaning that not every time could you understand the full context. So in this Maimur, the Rebbe Shab brings an idea that really is based on a mimer from the Mitla Rebbe. Now, it's important to just point out that most of Samach Vav is based on mamarm of the Mitla Rebbe, which, of course, the Mitla Rebbe's mamarm is based on his father, the Alter Rebbe's mamarm. But the way the Rebbe Shab put, configured Samach Vav is essentially an explanation of different mamarm of the Mitla Rebbe. And then in the new version of Samach Vav, that, the wonderful version that Kahas put out, at the beginning of each mimer, it says in the beginning which mamarm it's based on. It's very much based on the mamarm of the Mitla Rebbe. And this mimer of Parshas Vayer, it's really hard to understand without the context of the Mitla Rebbe's mimer upon which this mimer is based, which is the mimer on Mamar Yadmar and Nach, mimer on Megillus Esther, Ubeboy Lefnei HaMelech, when she came before the king. There is explained this idea of Atik and that this mimer is based on, and also in Shar HaYichud from the Mitla Rebbe, Perak Chav Gimel and Chav Dalet and the Biurim of Repil Parachar over there. And finally, a Sicha of the Lubavitcher of our generation, Parshas Nitzavim Vayelech and the Kutai Sichas Chelechavtes. And basically, the idea is as follows. Bechlal, the idea of Spheris, why Kabbalah teaches that God made Spheris, the most basic explanation is if that is God is true in infinity 
And God is simple without any form whatsoever. It's one of the 13 principles of faith of the Rambam. God is an infinite being, and part of his unity is that the infinity means there's no parts, there's no possibility of corporeality, and not just physical corporeality, but even a spiritual manifestation. That's also something that's against our belief of the true Ein Sof, the infinity of God. Which then begs the obvious question that since we know that the Baal Shem Tov taught that Achdus Hashem, the true unity of God, means Enoid Milvade, there's nothing other than God, which means everything is the light of God. How do these two truths go together? How could God's infinite simple light become the light that becomes earthworms and leaves and blades of grass? How could God's light become the minuscule details of reality and the nebula of the stars and everything in between? How could God manifest as multiplicity? And the answer is the spheres. The spheres, the shtalshalus, the, the downchaining of worlds, of the light through the spheres, essentially works like a prism. The very most basic analogy being the stained glass window. When light, simple light, goes through a multicolored window, the light that comes out has many different colors. Now, obviously, God is the light, the infinite light before the window. The kalim, the vessels of the spheres, and the light that comes out of Mamalakalm, and those are all God as well. But that's basically what Kabbalah t- talks about. And why Hasidus brings Kabbalah? Because Hasidus is just about explaining how all that exists is Hashem. And all there is is just a Jew with God, and that's all that exists. Use Torah mitzvahs as a way of a Jew being one with God in this world. That's what Chassidus is about. Kabbalah and all the details of Chassidus is to explain that. And so spheres explain how God's light eventually has many different details and colors and manifests in many different forms, like the light that shines after the stained glass window has many different colors. And see, this explains how that still doesn't really mean a change because it's still within God's infinity, etc., etc. But basically, all the other spheres are coming to explain how God's light manifests in particulars. But then there's what's called keser, the crown, the first of the ten spheres, or very often known as Soviev called Alman, the light of God that transcends the world. Again, we learned in the Mime of Parshas Lech Lecha, when you feel God's transcendence, you're feeling Soviev called Alman. So that Keser, that light, that transcendent light of God, so that's this in-between light, meaning it's not God's light in His infinite essence anymore. It's not just God's light as He's shining Himself, because it's one of the ten spheres. It's the first of the ten spheres. It's a crown to something below it. In the language of Chassidus, always soviv kol almen, it transcends worlds, meaning it has a shaykhis, it has some already transcendence of worlds, it has a connection towards worlds. It's after Tzimtzum. And yet it's not God's light manifesting as anything particular. So the mushal, the parable always for that is the soul's will and pleasure. Rotsun and tanug. Will and pleasure. Because you see like this. Look at your body. Feel your body. The way your soul manifests within your body. Because of course, the way God's light manifests in worlds, the analogy for that is the way our soul manifests in the body. Because our soul and body, the way that it manifests is an actual microcosm of the way God manifests in the worlds. So, from your body, from your head and down, meaning below your crown, meaning from your scalp and down, you feel your soul manifesting within your body. 
you feel the life force within you, the breath within you, in your head, your eyes, your ears. You feel your soul is manifesting as you're hearing. You're hearing my voice now. You're sitting, your feet on the ground. It's your soul's light manifest in vessels. And that's an analogy for God's light through the ten spheres, Mamali Kolalman, where God's light is manifesting as particular things, as attributes and characteristics, and finally as worlds, etc., created beings. But what about your will? Where do you want? Do you want to move your foot? Do you want to understand something? Do you want to hear? Do you not want to hear? Where do you have pleasure? Where in your body? Try to locate. Will and pleasure are the essential revelations of the soul as is, not within vessels. So they're the analogy for Kesser, for Save of Kol Alman. Will and pleasure are the canvas upon which the rest of the soul is written. In other words, the soul as it first manifests as a general light is pleasure and will, as we're going to learn in this mimer. Already the Rebbe Shah began discussing at the end of Lech Lecha, but we're going to learn in this mimer that pleasure and will are the soul manifesting as is. That's the con- consciousness as is, as we could feel consciousness. Of course, there are levels of, of super-consciousness, pre-consciousness, etc., but that's not will and pleasure that we feel. Will and pleasure is consciousness, the, the easel, the blank paper upon which consciousness is written, and then consciousness that we understand is from our understanding, from our mind, from our brain, from our Chabad, from your, your mind power, then your emotions, and then already the rest of your body as your soul manifests. But will and pleasure are the original manif- manifest- manifestations of soul. And so that's the muscle for keser, for save of kol alman. And that's God's will and pleasure for there to be worlds. Because in the Zohar and in Kabbalah, Atik and Arich, Atik and Arich are the divine Pratsufim, which Chasidus explains are God's will and pleasure. Because again, Chasidus is about God's unity. Kabbalah without Chasidus is very easily Khalila could end up in paganism. I mean, someone that learns Kabbalah and just sees all these different faces, etc. It's, there's only one God. We only believe in one God, one person. One God, meaning not, not one substance and many persons. One person, one substance. Only one God. And therefore, all the faces are still within Him. Like all of us have different aspects of a personality. Lahavdil and Bayashem. It's, of course, much more unified. So, Atik and Arich. In the Zohar and Kabbalah are God's will and pleasure for there to be worlds. And what this Hemshech of Samachvav we're learning about is that mitzvahs are also God's will and pleasure. But God's will and pleasure before Tzimtzum, God's essential will and pleasure, Rotson Atzmi Tainug Atzmi, Rotson HaPoshut Tainug HaPoshut, the simple will, the simple pleasure, the essential will, the essential pleasure of God in self is what mitzvahs are. So what we're learning is that Mitzvahs are will and pleasure before Tzimtzum, in God's infinite light, when God is still within His essence. After Tzimtzum, Soiv of Kol Alman Keser is Atik and Arach, after Tzimtzum is God's will and pleasure for the worlds. So that's what the Rebbe Shab has been discussing really until now. But what this mimer is going to really show is this idea that there seems to be this paradox. That's the question he asked at the end of the previous mimer, that we've been learning that Mitzvahs are God's will and God's pleasure. 
And very often we find in Chazal that we say God's mitzvahs are Hashem's will, commandments of God's will, His ratzon. And then we see that gives God pleasure. It says tainug. Now again, will and pleasure have in common that they're the essential revelation of consciousness of soul still in a pure state before it's specified as anything specific. But at the same time, will and pleasure are different things as we understand. And there's a very interesting interplay of how will and pleasure work together, as this mimer and the end of the previous mimer discuss, and we're going to learn in the mimer. But basically, the idea that the Rebbe Rashab wants to convey is that shows you the fact that will and pleasure, and in this mimer, again, the Rebbe Rashab really just speaks about the Hasidic parable, the aspects of will and pleasure as they are in the soul, and therefore as they apply to Hashem. But in the context of the Mitter Rebbe's mimer, what the Rebbe Rashab is doing over here is to show that Atik and Arich are mamish one with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, even before Tzimtzum. Meaning that even before Tzimtzum, in God's essential light, there are two kaven, two states, as the Rebbe calls them, Nitzavim and Vayelech, God standing still being in His essential being, which is pleasure, and running forwards, doing, running towards God's essence, extending towards which is will, Hashem's Ratzon. But they're essentially God's essence, and so mitzvahs have both of those. Mitzvahs are God's will and pleasure. So this Mimers essentially wants to show how mitzvahs are right now, until Mashiach comes, essentially commandments God's will, meaning God is running towards and commanding us and giving his infinity towards the world. But Mashiach, the schar, the reward of mitzvahs, are that, that what are going to be revealed to us, what mitzvahs really are, essentially, are God's pleasure. God's pleasure that connect to his essential pleasure in self, Shashuya Melech Bat God's essential pleasure in his own being. That's what mitzvahs are, and that's going to be revealed to Jews in the second kuf, in the end when Mashiach comes, when we will become unified with God's essence. But but it's important to also realize now, as Reb Hill Paracher explains over there in Shar HaYichud, what Lamaisa, what comes out from this whole idea, is that the world that we see now is God's will. God has will and pleasure for there to be a world. And in the language of Chassidus, the Soviet Kol Alman is present within the world, or better stated, we're within it, and we could access it by Amuna. We have faith that we're within Soviet Kol Alman. But as the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya chapter 4, and as Pil Parcha says that that's what this whole Nakud is coming to say, we, it might not be revealed to us now what mitzvahs are essentially are, but when you do a mitzvah now, even now you're hugging God, even now mitzvahs are not just the compounded will. The world is that God has a will after Tzimtzum, like we learned in Shemini Atzeres. God has an agenda. The will and pleasure God has a world is an agenda. It's like a person goes on business trips. God is a business. The whole world is a business trip to get to what? The essential will and pleasure, which we learned in Shemini Atzeres, an essential will and essential pleasure is the revelation of essence. An essential will is what you are, that the will to live, the will for a home and the pleasure in self, that's what the mitzvahs are now. And so like Rebbe Parcher explains, that's why we're able to draw down God's essence into the world and make a dear betachtoinim, because mitzvahs have in them now God's essential will and pleasure in self. When Mashiach comes, it'll be revealed to us. 
and will feel that within mitzvahs are God's shashui melech batzmuse, the pleasure of God himself. So now let's learn the mimer, but again, bear in mind that in the mimer with the Rebbe Shab, when he talks about Ratzan and Tainug, he's mainly talking about the ideas of Ratzan and Tainug, will and pleasure. He doesn't configure it in the whole Hemshech of Samach Vav, of Ana Atik and Arich, that Atik and Arich connect before Tzimtzum, and that's what mitzvahs are. He's mainly focusing on how will and pleasure have this interplay, that there are these contradictions between, there are some places it says will is higher than pleasure, some places say pleasure is higher than will, and he wants to eventually come, as we'll see at the end of the Mimer, to the fact that will and pleasure are both essence, and as opposed to God's will and pleasure for there to be worlds which are compound, which are Ratzin and Tainug, Murkov, Murkov, they're compounded, meaning there's an agenda, there's a reason God makes the world, there's a, a deeper reason, as opposed to that. Mitzvahs are God's essential will and pleasure in self. So as the Rebbe Shabbat is going to be explaining will and pleasure in the parable to understand how will and pleasure are both essentially just the Abishter giving over self in mitzvahs. Now let's learn the Mimer inside. Hashem says about Avraham that I know him. I know him. I know him that he commands his children and his house after him to follow the way of Hashem. And what are these words, Kiyadaitiv, that Hashem is saying about Avram, Yadaitiv? So Unklus explains that Ataka means that I know, that it's known to me. Gali Kadamai, it's revealed to me. He explains Yadaitiv, Ataka means the revelation that it's a known, revealed thing. And Rashi, on the other hand, because of a question he has, an Unklus explains that Yadativ is Lashen Chiba, is a language of love. As we know, Das is about connection, so Rashi says that Yadativ is an Indian of Chiba, of love. And we have to understand what's the difference between these two Perushim, Beruchnius, the spiritual explanation of the difference between Unklus and Rashi, if Kiyadativ is knowledge, Gali Kadamai, revealed knowledge, or it means the union of Chiba of love. And in order to understand this, we have to first press, preface what we learned in the previous Mimer at the end of Lech Lecha, where we began learning the union of Rotsen and Tainug, will and pleasure, as this Hemshech is the Chol Tichler Isi Kates. Rechava Mitzvah's Chamay, that the union of Mitzvah's are the true width rechava, but but lechol tichla, all tichla has an end, has fi- finitude, and tichla is an union of will and pleasure. And we began learning at the end of lech lecha that there's this, this interesting interplay between will and, will and pleasure that they enclose one within the other. In other words, on the one hand, pleasure it seems to be more panemius, seems to be more essential that one has pleasure in different things and according to the level of what one has pleasure and that's what one wants. Your will is according to your pleasure, meaning your pleasure is panemius and causes will. As in fact, the Sefi Yitzira says, There is nothing higher than pleasure. And anything you ever want is because you have pleasure from it. And according to the Erech, according to how much pleasure you have in something, that's how strong your will is going to be. For there are many levels of pleasure, many rays and glimmers of pleasure, of different madregas, different levels of pleasure, one above the other. There's pleasure from physical things like beautiful vessels or a beautiful building or a picture or a knitted piece of cloth or clothing or food or there's also pleasures from intellect and from speech 
some people get pleasure from speaking and there are many different types of pleasure and according to how much pleasure you have that's how much you're going to have a will that you're going to want to do it. So pleasure is more internal and causes the will which is chitzonius. But on the other hand we find the exact opposite that rotzen, that will seems to be more internal and will causes what you get pleasure from. In other words, will is panemius, rotzen is panemius, and tainug, pleasure is chitzonius, because will causes pleasure. Because even the greatest delicacies and all the finest foods or anything else that most people would consider something would be beautiful, etc., and money and honor and stuff like that, anything that other people would get pleasure from, if a person has no will for it, if a person doesn't want it, and it's against his will, then not only is it not going to be a pleasure, but it's going to be considered painful, not just annoying, but even hurtful, even things that are essentially pleasurable. But if it's against your will, they could actually become painful. And in fact, when a person has pain, nobody should know from when a person has pain, when one's will becomes shriveled up, then one doesn't get pleasure from anything. When a person is in a state of pain, they don't want anything and then nothing gives them pleasure. So we see that therefore will seems to be more internal than pleasure. That what you want or don't want, that's going to cause whether you get pleasure or not. So will seems to be pnimi and tainog chitzonius. And so at the end of Lech Lecha, the Maimer Lech Lecha, the Rebbe Rashab answered that the answer is that both tainog and rots and will and pleasure are both essence. They're both equal in their level, that they're both coming of the essence of the soul, and therefore sometimes pleasure will be panemius and will cause the will, and sometimes will will cause the pleasure. That's what the Rebbe Shab finished off with in Velech Lecha. And, and now in this Maim of Kiyadayt, if the Rebbe Shab continues, Om Namadayin Ein Kozim this still not understood, if we're learning that will and pleasure are both essentially revelations of the essence of the soul, but they're separate revelations, one is pleasure and one is will. They're both the consciousness, the essence of soul in a revealed state, but one is pleasure, one is will. They're separate things. So then how do they interplay? How are they mislabish zebezeh? How does one cause the other? How is it that what you get pleasure in causes you to have a will? Or what you want really badly or don't want dictates whether you get pleasure or not? How are they mislabish? How do they interplay one and the other? They seemingly are two completely different koiches, two different aspects of soul. That that we find in lower levels of the soul where there's an interplay, where there's a hislapshus, an enclothing of one aspect of the soul and another. Meaning, for instance, the aspects what we call koiches panemium, the internal aspects of our soul. <clears throat> when our soul becomes conscious, so there's the intellect, we have our intellectual powers, which obviously work in a way that Chachma and Bina, different ways of cognitive understanding work together, and then they have an effect on my emotions, that based on what I understand, that causes my emotions to have an effect, and I could make pictures and dance, do with my physical limbs things based on what my intellect and my emotions bring forward into my physical limbs. So I see that there is such a thing as an interplay of different koiches zebeze, that different aspects of personality affect one another and could connect one another, that my intellect could enclose itself in my hand and I could write things or make pictures. 
or even in my feet, and I could dance, and my emotions have an effect, etc. So that's what a personality is, that love and hate and different aspects of soul interplay. But the Rebbe Shab says that makes sense by Koichas Panimium from my intellectual powers and and under that, meaning the aspects of who I am that I'm cognizant of, because that's when my soul is already enclosed in vessels, in the vessels of my body and my brain. Every aspect of my personality that I know, whether it's my intellect or my love or any aspect of my physical limb, they're all enclosed in different vessels of the body, the intellect and the brain and the love and the heart, etc. So therefore there could be a harmonious interplay of the different aspects because the vessels allow them to interplay together, which is the secret of Eulamatikon. But when it comes to will and pleasure, will and pleasure are makifim, they're transcendent aspects of soul, meaning they don't have vessels. They're aspects of soul that don't enclose in themselves in vessels. As we learned that will and pleasure are just the first essential revelation of consciousness. That's what will and pleasure, that's how we feel will and pleasure to be. There's no vessel. So then how do they interplay? How does will cause pleasure or pleasure cause will? How, how do they have any connection one to the other? Now the answer is going to be, the answer exactly is going to be, that as opposed to the koiches pnimium, the inner indwelling aspects of consciousness and personality that are in vessels, that each one, when they're within the essence of the soul still, in other words, when my intellect or my love or my ability to write and make pictures and dance are still within the essence of the soul, they're taka separate things. They're completely separate entities. Even in the essence of the soul, they don't exist. They're in potential. Within the essence of the soul, I have potential, all the things I'll ever understand, all the things I'll ever say, all the things I'll ever do with my hand and my feet. They're all in potential in the essence of the soul, so they don't exist, but as they are in the essence of the soul, they're still different koiches that the essence of the soul has that will then be manifest in vessels of the body. But the will and pleasure... They both are essence of soul. In other words, they're not in vessels, and the reason they have an interplay is because they literally are both essence. And they're not separate koiches. They're not different aspects of personality that the soul has. Will and pleasure are not koiches that the soul has. They're two states of how essence is. Essence in a state of minucha, of resting within self. That's called tainug, that's pleasure. That's why it's ein lamai lami oinig. When, when your soul is in a state of complete rest, that's what pleasure is in the most innermost way. When the essence of your soul is running towards something, that's rutzen, that's will. So they're not separate koiches, they're not different aspects. They're both essence, but two states of how essence is, in a state of menucha or a state of running. And in order to explain this, the Rebbe Roshah prefaces by saying that we see something interesting, that even though we, we seem to always learn that tainug, that pleasure, is more internal than will, but we see a tremendous power that will has even greater than tainug than pleasure. And what the Rebbe Shab is going to do from this is that he's going to show that on one hand pleasure is more internal because it's the soul in a state of rest. But what he's going to show now that will has a greater power than pleasure. Rotson is much stronger than tainug. 
And now how could that make sense if Tainug is within a higher place of the soul? So what the Rebbe Shab is going to show is that no, it's, Tainug is not a higher place in the soul. Will also comes from the essence of the soul. But it's the essence of the soul in a state of running towards. It's the essence of the soul in a hispashtus and a running towards something. That's why will is so powerful because it's the essence running towards and therefore that could even overcome pleasure. And that shows that they're both essence, that pleasure is essence in a state of menucha, in a state of within itself, and will is the essence running towards something. And that's why will has a much greater strength than tainu. We see that will is much stronger than pleasure to the extent that will could turn something that's pleasurable into pain and something that's painful into pleasure. Pleasure does not have that kind of koyach and will. When a person doesn't want something, then no matter how much pleasure you get from it, you're not, it's not going to change the fact that you don't want it. Like when a person doesn't want anything that's the opposite of Torah, then even when a person has great pleasure from muskolais, from philosophy, from different subjects, but because a person doesn't want them, because a person only wants Torah, so even though he gets pleasure from other things that are not Torah, the pleasure doesn't change the fact that he doesn't want them. Or the opposite, when there's a will for something... No amount of pleasure will change that. What a person wants essentially will never change, no matter how much pleasure, like the essential will that every single Jew has for God, will never be changed, no matter how much one sinks into many different types of physical pleasures, and thereby one gets far away from Elokuz. But still, the essential will never changes. The essential will a Jew has for God, that a Jew wants God, will never change no matter how much one sinks into pleasure. And that will, essential will, becomes revealed in certain times. The true desire of everyone for God becomes revealed, even though most of the time it's, they're sunk in pleasures. But the many waters of pleasure, of physical pleasures, will never put out. will never extinguish the essential love that Knesset Yisrael, that Jews have for Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's just that that will could become hidden sometimes, but in the future, it says, that those that are lost in Eretz Ashur, Ashur is Ribu Tanugam, is an Indian of pleasure, Ashrei is an Indian of pleasure, those that are lost, that their will for God has become lost in many, many different pleasures, still, when the great Shafer will be sounded, it'll be revealed how essentially all Jews have a Ratz and Atzmi, an essential will in connection with God. Your God's children, like, like we learned in Lech Lecha, that this essential, the mimer of Lech Lecha, that just like a connection of a parent and a child, this essential will can never be lost and never changed. It could only be hidden. And therefore the shofar, God the great shofar, will reveal it, the achasi yoinasi, that the one dove of God is neshamas Yisrael. So we see that pleasure can never change will, but on the other hand, will does have power over pleasure. Pleasure can't change will, but Rutzen does have shlita, can overpower tainug and change something that's pleasurable to pain or something that's pain to pleasure. 
For instance, if a person wants something, even though it might be essentially painful, it'll be for that person a pleasure. If a person decides that they want to accept upon themselves suffering, they want to suffer, they will have a great pleasure from the suffering, which is why Chazal allowed a person to fast. A Tainus Cholaman Shabbos, even though Shabbos is all about having pleasure. But when a person has a scary dream and you want to fast to feel better about the dream, then the fasting itself is pleasurable. So you could do it on Shabbos. And the opposite. When it comes to things that are essentially pleasurable, tainugim gashmiim, physical pleasurable things, rotsun will will cause a person to get pain and suffering from those things that are essentially pleasurable. Like tzaddikim, tzaddikim gemurim, complete tzaddikim are disgusted. Sinura, they hate physical pleasures. They're disgusted, completely nauseated by physical pleasures, like it says in Tanya chapter 10. Because of their great love of God, their Ahava they have such a love of God that they're disgusted by Tanugim Gashmem, by physical pleasures. Because according to how much love one has of God, that's how much one is going to be disgusted by physical pleasures. As the Alter Rebbe explains there in Tanya that the more one is able to change their animal soul to understand that the true good is godliness, they'll be disgusted. They'll take off the garments, the garments full of feces that make a person have pleasure from physical things of Eilam Haza and instead will only have pleasure for God. That's what it says in Tanya, but now the Rebbe Rashab distinguishes and says that, that it says in Tanya, in chapter 10, that the disgust, that how much one will be disgusted by Tanugim Gashmiim is relative as according to how much one loves God, that's Taka by Tzadikim Gemurim. Because the Tainug that they have in God, the pleasure that Tzadikim have in God, causes them to be disgusted by physical pleasures. But a Balchuva. A Balchuva doesn't have pleasure from God. One has to be in a high level to actually feel pleasure from God. And yet a Balchuva is still disgusted by Tanugim Gufniim, by bodily pleasures, Bibachinas Mius Mamish, with a complete disgust. Where does a Balchuva get that dis- disgust of physical pleasures from? That comes from the will from the desire from will. Here you see that the will that a Baal Tshuva has to do Tshuva, Loshuv Be'emes, Godel Cheftzev Ritzayinai, Loshuv Be'emes, a real Baal Tshuva that Mamish wants to get close to Hashem, that will will cause that it'll be disgusted by physical things. By Tzadikim, like it says in Tanya, there it's through their Tainuk. There the Tzadikim Gemurim, they're disgusted by physical things because of their great pleasure for God. They're able to feel how the Tainuk how the physical pleasures, because they have supernal pleasures from gruchnius, from getlochkeit, from godliness, therefore they could feel that the lower pleasures are actually psalis, are actually excrement and vomit and mius be'emes, truly disgusting. Kol shulchanes, tables full of 
sacrifices brought to the dead, which are tanugim gashmim, which are really excrement and filth and truth, and one really is able to come to that truth and feel that in a deep way because of the great hiskashrus and love that one has for God and avabit tanugim, therefore one is truly disgusted by physical things, but by a balchuva, it's not because essentially he's disgusted by them. A balchuva is not disgusted by physical things. It's because a balchuva wants God so much. He wants so badly to be connected and unified with God. Therefore, that causes that the physical pleasures become disgusting. Because the Balchuva wants so completely to be distanced from all evil, therefore he really is disgusted by all physical tanugim pleasures to the extent that he gets pain from them. And the opposite, that there could be those that want so badly to be Moser Nefesh, to give their life for God, that they they want to suffer for God. They get pleasure from something that's painful because they want to be Moser Nefesh. So we see how strong that will is able to turn something that's painful into pleasure. pleasure. And that tremendous strength of will to overcome pleasure is why we say that nothing stands before will. It doesn't say nothing stands before pleasure. There are things that could overcome pleasure. But when a person has will, has a rotsen, has a true essential desire for something, nothing could, over, could overcome that even pleasure. Rutzen has power even to overcome and change pleasure, which shows that will touches the essence of the soul in a way deeper than pleasure, because it could change what a person had pleasure in or was disgusted by, that completely be changed by what a person really wants. Even though Lefamim, the Rebbe Shab says in a parenthesis, even though sometimes we actually find the opposite, that a person has a taiva and pleasure to, in something that is actually destructive and could harm one's soul, and one cannot, one does not have willpower, one doesn't have enough tekeferotzen, one doesn't have enough power of will to withstand the taiva. The lust that a person has for that pleasure, adra, but the opposite, the opposite, that pleasure, the lust causes that one does have a desire for the thing that could be destructive for one's soul, like tivus, like things that are forbidden, etc. Or even physically, we find that sometimes a person wants something that you know is bad for you. But the answer is that that's because one doesn't feel that it's destructive for one's soul. If a person would feel how destructive it is for the soul, one would never want it because of the desire to live. The desire to live would allow a person to overcome their taiva. Just like we see no matter how much taiva one has for food, if one knows that there's poison, that it's something that's going to cause one to die, nobody would have ever wanted. So to in Ruchnius, it's only the Ruch Shtus. Like it says in Tanya chapter 24 and 18, it's only the Ruch Shtus, the spirit of folly, that covers the truth that as soon as a person does an Aveira, does a sin, one is separated from God. But if a person would feel how destructive it is, like if a person is being forced to do Aveda Zarech Hasvasham, to do idol worship, a person would give their life. But other sins, the Ruch Shtus causes that one doesn't feel how destructive they are. But if a person knew how destructive it was, then no way a person would never do it. So you see that therefore will is much stronger than pleasure. Rotzen has a strength that pleasure doesn't have. But the question is, if that's the case, that will is able to touch the essence of the soul higher than pleasure, 
And that's why will is able to change what you get pleasure. And that's why will touches the essence. So why does the Sefer Yitzira say, There's nothing higher than pleasure. Seemingly, will is stronger than pleasure. And the answer is that it's true. Will is stronger than pleasure. Will has a toikif memshala. Will is able to overcome pleasure. But pleasure is always more internal, pnimi, than will. Because any time a person wants something, even though one doesn't feel any pleasure in it, the opposite. It could be that a person wants something that doesn't give you pleasure or causes you pain. We have to say there is pleasure in it anyway, but you just don't feel it at all. Anytime a person has a will, there is a tainug, there is a pleasure. It just is extremely hidden and not murgush, not felt at all. Just like, for instance, when a person wants to be makabal yisurim v'inuyim koshim ba'ahava, a person wants to accept suffering and torture for God's sake with love. Even though a person doesn't obviously have pleasure, there's pain. And out of a feeling of love or pleasure for God, one would not receive such torture. But it's only because of toikif harots and one has a desire so badly, one wants so much. God and can't be separated from God's unity. Therefore, one wants to accept that suffering. Even there, one has to say that deep hidden inside, there's a tainug, there's a pleasure. Not that one feels pleasure from the torture. The opposite. If one were to feel any feelings at all, one wouldn't be able to withstand such a thing. It's only because of that one has such a desire and a will Hidden it in, in a very deep way is behelam benafshe oine kaze azagishmak that beshvil God's unity, it's worthwhile. And not that the pleasure is the cause of the will, the opposite. We said will is stronger than pleasure, but every will has within it deep inside hidden pleasure because and that that will overpowers oineg, even though oineg pleasure is higher, is when it comes to revelation. When it comes to revelation, extension, expression, will is stronger. Will is stronger to overpower pleasure, but pleasure is deeper within the soul and is behind everything, behind even every will. It is always going to be pleasure at some level. And v'ha'inyan, who the reason is because both pleasure and will, bo'im mishayrsh echad, mamash betzim and nefesh, they're mamash both the same essence of the soul, they come from the same root. Not that they're two separate koiches, not like the lower koiches that are separate koiches as they are in the essence of the soul and need thereby vessels to make them separate and so they could interplay. But when it comes to will and pleasure, will and pleasure are not two koiches muvdolim. Rather, they come from one root, which is the essence. It's just that pleasure is pnimi and will is external. Because rotsin is hamshachas nefesh, the soul in a state of drawing, being drawn towards something. This kashas, the connection of the soul to something outside of it. Therefore, rotsin is in the of his galus of revelation of the soul. 
Chitzonius Ha'atzmus the whole union of will is for the soul to be extended and running towards something outside of it. And that's why it's external and more powerful. But tainuk, pleasure is pnimius hanefesh, the internalness of the soul that one is having pleasure, not from something outside of it. Meaning even when the pleasure is coming from something outside the soul, but the soul is not extending towards the thing that's giving it pleasure. The opposite, the soul is staying in itself. Pleasure is the soul in a state of rest, of menucha in itself. And when, even though it's getting a ha'ara sa'inig, the glimmer and ray of pleasure, when one is getting pleasure murkov compounded from something else, it's not that the soul is extending towards that thing. The opposite, the soul is staying inside itself. And the truth is, therefore... Because Tainug is staying inside, the soul staying inside itself, the Iker Tainug, the truest pleasure, is when one has pleasure from one's essence and one is not drawn to any particular thing at all. As it's explained in other places, the Indian of Shashue HaMelech Batsmusei, the the Tainug Ha'atzmi Shel HaMelech, the essential pleasure of the king that's not compounded from anything else outside of the king, not even the king's own exaltedness and greatness. Kim Be'etzema, who say that, that God has pleasure, that Atzmus has pleasure. Not even from his own goodness, from his Oif Gehebenkeit Be'etzem, his exaltedness, that that Atzmus has pleasure, is von sein Etzem Mahus Alein, from his very being, Dezeu Tainu Ka'atzmi Dafka, that's what an essential pleasure is. And therefore, pleasure is always going to be Helem Ba'atzmai Dafka, hidden within one's essence, and is never Bam Shochav Galus revealed like will, like Rotson is all about revelation and running towards something, which is why will has that power over Tainug, because Rotson is all about running Merutza Sanefesh Acharecha Narutza. Running after God in anything that runs has a great strength and power. And the power of will comes from the fact that it is the essence of the soul in a state of running. The sign and the indication that will is coming from the very essence of the soul is the fact that the thing that one desires is the essence of the thing that one is desiring and not external aspects of the object of one's will. In other words, how does one see that will comes from the essence of the soul, it's because that that one is desiring, the object of one's will, is also the essence of that thing and not external aspects of that thing. Like we learned in the Mime of Lech Lecha, the love that a child has for a parent is Be'etzim Ha'av Dafka, the essence of the father. Not any particular aspects of the father, he just loves the essence of the father, or like a person that has a friend that one loves as much as oneself, one doesn't desire their property or their wisdom, or anything about them, all they like is the essence of their friend, or like the love that a father has for his son, that the father wants the essence of the son, and even when there are children that don't act properly, chas v'shalom, and don't go in the right way, even so, the parent wants him with his whole essence, essence, 
It doesn't bother him at all that he doesn't act as he's supposed to. When it comes to pleasure, the parent's pleasure. Of course, the parent doesn't get pleasure. The parent gets pain from the child. But the will, the rotsen, which is the deepest essence, the parent wants the child completely, the very essence of the child, not the chitzenius, the way the child acts. And that's how a Kurdish Baruch Hu loves the Jewish people, that Hashem loves Nesham Yisrael, the very essence, and even when they don't act properly, Hashem still wants them, as the Torah says, even when the Jewish people don't act properly, God never is disgusted by us. God wants etzem mahusam, the very essence of the Jews, because they're always good in essence, which is why in the future Mashiach comes and there'll be kibbutz goliest thing, gathering of exiles, even, it says that even iver piseach, even a blind and a lame person, meaning those that when it comes to revealed aspects of who they are, are considered maimed, even so kal godol yeshuvahena, the entire congregation will come because the essence of Mitzara etzem shu who cannot call the essences good and therefore everything will be rectified. And so, too, when it comes to Avedas Hashem, the opposite direction, our will for God, when it comes to the true Mesiris Nefesh, in truly saying Echad, when saying Kriyashma and having Mesir Snevish while saying Echad, the Iker is to have the light of will. Be'oimek achra oimek, one depth to another, mimakim mimamakim krasicha, calling out from the depths that one comes to the deepest will of the soul for God. And that will is for the very essence of God. When it comes to pleasure, pleasure one has from Giluyim, from revelations of God's light from what's bottle v'toffel, from what's not exactly God's essence. But when it comes to the true will, the drausa deliba, the will of the heart, wants atzmus ein sof, like we learned in Lech Lecha, even what thought can't grasp, that's what the will of the heart wants, and runs towards pnimius v'atzmus ein sof, b'amitosi yizbarach, elecha havaya, nafshi I pick up my soul to you, God, elecha mamish, to you, mamish. Eila v'leila midoisav that Mesir Snefesh is to atzmus to God's very essence that one's heart has to be directed mamish to God's essence and not to any supernal pleasures of Eilam Haba of the world to come rak Eila v'levadei mamish tamitas atzmusay to the truth of God's essence that's what one's will has to be directed towards de be'emes ikar ha'ois v'hasim and the true indication and sign to be able to distinguish that a will is coming from the deepest essence is when one wants only God's essence. If one wants aspects of God's light, that's not the essence of the soul. It's chitzonius nefesh. But when one is able to come to the very depth and essence of the soul, the will of the soul wants ein soif mamish, God's very essence, tzomalacha nafshi, one soul thirsts mamish lecha dafka tzomalacha, you got your essence, like the Alter Rebbe would say, in a state of dveikas, mili b'shamayim, vimcholecha fatzti baaretz, who do I have with you? David Melech negated and said he didn't want he didn't want anything other than Havaya Echad Levadai Ubezebalahoris Vesimon to show the indication Amiti on the depth of one's will to be connected to God that comes when one's will only wants God's essence, not the highest revelations, Shemaim El Yoinim, which is the will and pleasure of God for there to be worlds. That's the makif save of a klali, which are God's will and pleasure for there to be worlds, which are the highest levels of Tainug of pleasure that 
that tzaddikim get that we learned are raised in Gan Eden, but rather one with the ois v'sim and the indication that one's will is essentially coming from the depths of one's being is when wants only atzmus, the very essence of God, not anything that's tafalu batalacha, that's nullified with God, ki imcha makarchayim gambezelei the makarchayim, that's imcha, the source of life that's only with God, one doesn't want, rather the ikarotzen is only for God's essence. And now, based on all of this, we could understand how will and pleasure interplay, even though they don't have any vessels. How is it that will and pleasure, one enclose in the other? And the answer is because they both come from the essence. Rotzen will is the essence of the soul in a revealed state when it's revealed. And Tainug is helim is concealed, but you really can't have one without the other because any time you have pleasure, that's what's going to cause that there's going to be a will. And anything you have will, eventually that shows that there is some kind of Tainug. You have a pleasure, but it's only an Oinig Nelem. It's a hidden pleasure. But when it comes to hispashtus, to revelation, to extending outside oneself, then will, will be able to overcome pleasure. Now we could understand the deepest essence of mitzvahs, that mitzvahs are rotzen ha'elyan, God's essential will. The rotzen ha'atzmi of pnimis v'atzmasein sof, the essential will of God's essence that's not compounded, which means it's a revelation of God's essence, the will... And that's what mitzvahs are now, essentially. Now mitzvahs, what we see mitzvahs are, what's revealed to us, are that mitzvahs are God's will. Ratzana Elyon. They're commandments, they're God's will. Because now what do mitzvahs do? They reveal God's infinite light into the world. They're a spashtus revelation of God's light because they're God's will. That's how mitzvahs are now. When Jews do mitzvahs down here below, Maisa mitzvahs beperl mamish, they're drawing down God's essential light because mitzvahs now are God's will, which are atzmus being revealed into the world. That's what mitzvahs are now. But behelem batzmusik v'yochol Concealed within God's essence, even though, as we learn now, there's no explanation for God's will. Not even a tam komus, not even a hidden explanation or a hidden tainug. But we learned essentially there's a pleasure that's not felt at all. It's not morgush, it's not felt, but it's in essence. So essentially, what mitzvahs are now in the deepest way are God's pleasure. That even though now, in a revealed way, mitzvahs lav lehenus nitu, mitzvahs are not about hana and pleasure, no tam and rotzen. But behelem, in a hidden way, there is God's essential pleasure from self, the shashuim atzmim, the essential pleasure God has from self. That's really what mitzvahs are, pleasure. And that's going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. We're going to then get how mitzvahs are God's pleasure in self, because then Jews are going to go up to God's essence and be able to receive how mitzvahs are essentially God's pleasure from self. And that's the deeper meaning of what Chazal say always. And this is one of the phrases of Chazal that the Rebbe Shah brought a few times in Samach Vav. Nachas Ruach lefanai shamarti v'nasiritsoini. Nachas Ruach is pleasure. Lefanai is God's essence. Nachas Ruach lefanai shamarti v'nasiritsoini that my will was done. So externally now mitzvahs are God's will. An extension of God's, of God's into the world. But when Mashiach comes, it'll be revealed that mitzvahs are God's pleasure, God's essential pleasure from self. 
when Jews will be unified with God and will be able to feel God's essential pleasure from self. And that's the meaning of Yaslam Achakale. And now the Rebbe Shab goes back to the Pasuk that he introduced already in the second Mimer. If you remember, we learned about Aden, about the river coming from Aden. So that Pasuk said, No I saw God except you, that Aden, which we learned is the essential pleasure of God from self. That's Aden, which we're learning now is what mitzvahs are Pnimius Tainug, God's pleasure. That's the Ein Leirosa Lekimzulasecha. No I saw except you, God, the pleasure of your essence from self. Now, what does the end of that Pusuk say? That Pusuk that this Hemshech is based on that talks about Aden, as we learned in the second Mimer, the essential pleasure that God has from self, that Aden. That until Mashiach comes, Ein Secha, no eye has beholden except you. What's the end of that Pusuk? Yaselemachakaloi. So that Aden will be done, will be given over, Yeshaya says, to the one that is Mechake. Now what's Mechake? Modern Hebrew Mechake means to wait. But it could also mean to hope. He brings from the Metsudas and that Mechake means to hope. Hope is on something that you don't know if the thing is going to come. Because something that you know is going to happen, you don't need to hope. You know, it's going to happen. Only something that you don't have clarity at all that's going to happen, then it's shaykh to say that you hope that even so it's going to be. Uberuchnius, what that means is something that's completely separated completely. That's shaykh to say, Tikva, nafshenu chiksal Hashem, our souls hope for God, meaning that we hope for something that's not known to us and we don't even know how it's going to be and what seems to us now, we don't understand at all how it can be. Umikomokom, even so, we believe with a strength and we hope and mekavim that vadai it's going to be. That's what it means, nafshenu chiksa, that we have tikva. And tikva also includes becoming completely nullified to the one one is hoping for, and this is what the deeper meaning of is yasalam achakaloi ma'isa mitzvahs bepoel mamish. That through the ma'is, that's that that aden comes. How do we get God's pleasure yasalam achakaloi? One that has the tikva. That's completely separate from one. One has bittel, even so one does mitzvahs ma'isius with kabbalah sol malchus shemayim with accepting the yoke, which is hanochas by giving over oneself completely. In other words, that by doing mitzvahs, as we're learning now, is God's essential pleasure. Yasala mechakeloi means to be hope to that level that's completely separate from you. So how do you get to it? It's by doing mitzvahs with kabbalah sol malchus shemayim by giving over of essence. You can't get to it based on any particular aspect of who you are. It's when you give over your whole essence, then in the future one will be able to rise up to partake in God's Tainukatsmi, God's essential pleasure from self. And that's the meaning of the Khaltikler Isi Kates that through mitzvahs one comes to the essential pleasure of God's from self in the worlds as only revelations and beginning and end. But mitzvahs have the Ishashuim Atzmim, the essential essential pleasure God has. Now in a revealed way is only God's will and the pleasure is hidden, but the oinig atzmi, the essential pleasure, pleasure will be revealed in the future. All of this we could understand. Kiyadativ, the two explanations that Rashi explains that yadativ is lashen chiba love, which is connected to tainug atzmi, the essential pleasure that's drawn down through mitzvahs b'paral mamish. 
And Dunklas explains, What's revealed to me and revealed in a way, revelation is rotsen, the fact that mitzvahs are God's will. So Rashi's talking about the oinig, and Unklus is talking about the will, which is revealed, revealed in Yedaitiv in a known way that it's revealed, because now what's revealed to us, mitzvahs are God's will. And the time of God's pleasure is hidden, but in the future it's going to be revealed to us. Because already now we're drawing down God's essential pleasure by kima mitzvahs, by doing the mitzvahs, by pearl mamish, and therefore even now, kiyadaitiv lashen chiba. Even now already, Hashem loves.